0: something
1: like a in that um, realm so it's at 11 o'clock on that friday night um you'll be seeing us on saturday we're going to be doing our 2017 redraft let me say this was a little bit more work than i thought it would be it was a lot like i just i had to think about it a little more I, yeah as we were talking about a little bit beforehand some of these guys we thought a little bit older a little bit younger um just kind of forgot that they were drafted this year um so we had to, to fix it up um started out a stacked bit, class that is not the yes it was a stacked class and that is one of the reasons i really want to do it because i knew the draft was great um I, I'm talking very quickly. I don't know why. Uh, Cause I'm I'm tired right now. I'm I've kind of felt sick like the whole week, and with, with track and stuff, it's just kind of like I feel like I'm I'm beat up at the moment. A little, like all all day today, I was felt kind of woozy and whatnot. It's not been it's not been the best day, and I'm, I'm tired. But it has <laughs> been, and uh, I grinded out this this. Is, I'm not gonna lie, this is not my best my best work in this redraft. As I I th- more or less kind of threw it together last minute here. Um, I'd have some of it done, but. You know, hopefully it'll make some sense. I do have some solid reasoning and whatnot. I'm sure Colton's usually does have a little bit more, more thought and, and uh, logic behind it. That's nothing new. So
0: I'm a fan of my redraft. I like this yeah. one. Yeah.
1: This is a, this as is you a guys know,
0: draft. the 2017 draft is not. It's you know one of the craziest draft classes. It's the craziest draft class I've ever seen since I've been watching that. Um And when it's all yeah. said and done, this definitely has potential to be one of the better draft classes of you know the past. However, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson at the top, defensive mm-hmm. guys, TJ, Miles Garrett, George Kittle, Trey White, Jamal Adams, you know, a lot of, a lot of crazy guys, a lot of, a lot of crazy oh, talent here. It does, it does. But, you know, um, it's been, well, like some four or five days, um, you know how we got to start off the episode, Joe, how, how have you been over this past week?
1: You know, as I kind of mentioned, it's been kind of bummy lately because yeah, I, it's, it's, just. Felt like i'm getting weighed down and whatnot and then i go to track and it's just worse because i like i'm i'm doing all like awful i'm doing like legitimately awful at track like this past week Dang. it's brutal and
0: what are you running this year i know you run but like what
1: what are your events that you're doing i'm hoping i'm hoping to run the 800 but i need to like some way before i can run the 800 so i can like keep up kind of but right now it's probably the 400 is the, is the main thing i'm gonna be running i gotta meet in the 15th so i'm 10 days away got a gotta rest up and get good for the next 10 days and you know yeah. work hard today but but you know that's that's all good and good and whatnot it's, it's been okay what about I mean, what about I you
0: feel bad I've, I've had a pretty good week personally um let's go i'm happy um, um overall um uh, basketball season yeah. ended last week we lost in the playoffs which you know sucks there but it's nice to get my body a little bit of rest um you know I was giving myself some rest. I got back in the gym today for for the first time since season ended, so I'm just back in in the weight room a little bit, getting on the court back getting on. you know getting my grind on back in the lab as they say um but the girls basketball team for our school um it, it did continue on in the playoffs then we we all went to we got a good student section for their first game, and like me and some of the guys from the from the from the guys' basketball team like went to this we uh, we don't have school on Wednesdays, which is when their game was. So, but like, we got one of the teachers to like unlock it and like let us into their room. So we went in there like really early, and we like making like signs and stuff. And we ended up we ended up making like fat heads of all the women <laughs> on the girls' teams and like held them up whenever they scored. It was super fun. But on Wednesday, um, we didn't have school at the school, and I ended up spending more time at the school than I would have if I actually had school that day. Um I spent eight hours at the school um, that day to making fat heads and signs and whatever. But it was fun. It was fun. It was a super lit student section. Um there's another getting playoff game coming tomorrow. We're gonna get the student section going. I'm heading there a couple hours early. I think we're gonna make some more signs. Um it's it'll be it'll be fun. Um but yeah, that's what that's all it's been. We've been, I've been watching some basketball. Uh Zach Levine was named an all-star this past week. Um, as well as your guy Demontis Sabonis was also named an All Star. Um, life, life is good. Mm-hmm. Life is good. I'm, lo- I'm yeah, looking forward. To, I'm not looking forward to having going back to school on Monday, but yeah, we'll the yeah. four day week kind of whipped my butt. It's the first four day week I've had all year. Kind of whipped <laughs> me a little bit, but I'm getting back into it.
1: So, so we're continuing back with like the weird. My school's just doing weird stuff. So. So I hear I hear over like over the announcement that the juniors are the, the so the seniors are already going back to school every all the seniors get to go to school every single day and then everyone else just goes every other day. Um and now now so now the juniors like as of next week the juniors get to go every day. and then on the website it's so the sophomore so I'll get to go, uh, as of March 15th I'll get to go back to school every single day. but then it's just like it's so weird. I don't know why this
0: so do the freshmen still go every other day?
1: I I guess so for for a, a more amount of time. I don't know how it works. That's Strange. I know it's it's so weird. Like I, I don't really, I don't know. I'm kind of hyped though. I do like it. It is there's pros and cons to it. I do kind of like getting to sleep in a little bit more. And um, as I mentioned, I do get to I get to sleep a little bit more at night whenever I record the show than the night before. And then um, I can just I, like sleep in a little bit and and then edit it during like first period or whatever. It it, it makes it convenient. But I mean, overall, I'm happy. Um, other than that, yeah though, yeah, I and mean, that's way better because sometimes I like I can't go to track practice and whatnot because um but yeah because there's no one here to drive me if i'm stuck at home so like that's that's nice you know well it is it is what it is
0: <laughs> yeah that's rough but you know one day just, just run the track practice get some extra work my, in
1: my our track coach did that oh uh, like our track coach like ran to school in the morning and then like did, did school and then had like track practice afterwards like he was, he, was always, he was like you guys are tired after this why don't you run eight miles of school first and then do the practice <laughs> i'm like <laughs> yeah that's uh that's a great idea
0: dang dang that's dedicated i gotta give it to him he was, anyway. he was
1: dedicated. <laughs>
0: but um as, as i talked to joe about um, before we got on here officially um we have a lot a lot of news today um like this is a very very high amount of news so we're gonna we're gonna group some of it together um as we usually do we have a crazy amount of news um So to start off with, I guess we'll just hop into it. Um, Last episode, we reported on the JJ Watt signing to the Arizona Cardinals. Well, the question was he um, what the the thought the thought was he was probably going to have to switch numbers away from his number ninety nine because number ninety nine was retired by the Arizona Cardinals. But JJ Watt um, was in contact with the family of uh, the late Marshall Goldberg, who was the you know retiree of the number ninety nine. I was in contact with his daughter, who granted J.J. Watt permission to wear the number 99. So J.J. Watt will be wearing the number 99 in Arizona. You will not have to change. Um, just, a, just a small piece of tidbit there. But, it, you know, it's good to see. And it's an iconic number for J.J. Watt. So
1: Cool, cool story. <laughs> yes, yes. Um,
0: and now we're going to get into some clumps. Uh, we're in the point of the offseason where there's a lot of players being released. Um, that's just... How it is. So we're going to kind of clump them together. We'll talk about each player a little bit, but, um, for, so to start off Miami dolphins are Kyle Van Noy, the linebacker. Um, that's going to free up about $10 million in cap space. Um, he is a very productive linebacker, um, for sure, but he's being released. Um, the Minnesota Vikings are releasing Kyle Rudolph, the tight end, a long time, end of an era there in Minnesota for them, for, for Kyle Rudolph. He's been there for the better part of the decade. Um, the New York giants are releasing wide receiver, golden Tate, um, just uh, it's, uh, he's an overall good wide receiver. He's just never really fit in that giant system over the past couple of years. Um, the Detroit Lions are releasing corner Desmond Trufant, who signed a two-year deal last offseason away from the Atlanta Falcons. Um, it's just all of these moves are really saving cap space. Um, Washington is officially releasing quarterback Alex Smith, saving them $15 million in cap space. We knew that was coming. We reported on that last episode. And the one that, it's just, makes saddens me inside. Um, the New Orleans Saints are releasing punter Thomas Morstead. Um, sad, sad day for New Orleans, a longtime punter for them. You saw he's known for the, uh, the funny pictures. If he, he always takes a picture with Drew Brees after the games if he doesn't have to punt the ball. Because obviously <laughs> for a punter, if you have zero snaps, that means your offense was banging. Um, your offense was performing very well. And um, was scoring left and right. So every time Thomas More said did not have to take a punt, he would he would take a picture with Drew Brees in the locker room after, and that just became an iconic thing. Um, and the, the, that's the one that saddens, but um, all of these moves. So Calvin Noy, Kyle Rudolph, Golden Tate, Desmond Truffaut, Alex Smith, Thomas Morstead, all being released, um, all pretty good players in their respective rights, Um, and just, you know, deals that are just, you know, saving their team's cap space, giving them a little bit more flexibility, and some pretty good players that are going to be on the market, so.
1: So, a few notes, um, Alex Smith, definitely, in my opinion, is, like, 98% chance is going to go to, like, you know, a team that needs a quarterback, but I know I told you this before and I don't know if we're going to do, I know, okay. I, maybe I'll, maybe I'll save it. Maybe I'll save it. Cause I really like the, the one I snapchatted you about, if mm-hmm. we're going to do a prediction part three, I don't want to give it away, but I really liked, I really liked my thought on that. And on my Alex Smith, um, a <laughs> little, little tidbit there, but, um, Golden Tate, I really like Golden Tate as of, I've probably said on here a few times. I think Golden Tate could be really good. Yeah. As you mentioned, it didn't fit much in the system with, uh, like more of a big arm quarterback that uh, in you know in uh, in, in New York, <laughs> um, and you know this is, he didn't make sense to them. They needed some more speed there, and he didn't really have that much. He wasn't much of a deep threat. So, but I he think I think he'll be signed, and, and definitely will be a good player on another team. I feel like. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, I mean, Thomas Moore said just just any team that needs a, like a punter. He's been a really good punter for years now. Definitely just. You know, any team would be more than happy. Of course, I'd love to see the Steelers get them, because the punter, Steelers have not had a good punter. And like since like 2009, since I was like five years old, they've not had a good punter. So, yeah. so, of course, see the Steelers get them. But you know, uh, you know, just a few small notes. There's a lot of guys that are released. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, another one that's kind of in the same vein as a release, or not a release, but kind of cap cap saving. It's not the same vein. It's in the same vein of um, saving cap for the team. Um. Ben Roethlisberger's contract has been restructured by the Pittsburgh Steelers um, for one more year moving into this next season. Um, and it's going to save the team about $15 million in cap space, which is a very, very big move for a team that was supposed to be in, you know, essential cap hell um, with so many free agents. And they were already going to be over the cap going into it. With, and then they were still going to have to re-sign um, guys like Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, Mike Hilton, Cam Sutton, Bud Dupree. A lot, a lot of guys need to get re-signed, and they were not have the money to do it. And while they still don't have the money to bring back every single one of those guys on on market value, um, this definitely provides them with a lot more flexibility than what they had before. So that's that that's really good there as well. I'm sure I'm sure you know all about that. You've, I'm sure you have your thoughts there.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. It's a good move, of course. Um, you know, I feel like that's that was, it, it's, if he wanted to play for the Steelers, I feel like it's something that was gonna happen. Uh, you know, it basically was alluded to. I feel like it was, it was almost, it was as good as said in the one interview mm. he was saying it was, he was like he's gonna need to, to take a little bit of a of a break, like if it's a play next year, it was something like that. I can't remember the exact word. So I kind of saw it coming. Although I, I think Ben was very generous and and that he, t- I feel like it took a lot less money than. He probably could have, and still would have would have been fine. He wants to win, and that's that's something I can respect a lot. As a steel fan, I'm not saying anything it. bad about Penn, but I am I am yep. I'm happy. With you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: So with all the guys
0: getting released, um, we also have some guys getting re-signed. Um, David Johnson is being re-signed by the Houston Texans on um, a one-year, six million dollar deal. Um, I don't know what that, you know. I don't have much analysis of that mediocrity. You know, yeah, um,
1: uh, it's kind of weird.
0: Bad franchise, keeping somebody in town, I guess. Um, the Eagles are re-signing Jason Key, the center, for a one-year $9 million deal. This is big news because Jason Kel- Kelsey was reportedly mulling retirement this offseason. One of the best offensive linemen of the past decade. Um, big news that he's going to be able to stay back for another year with Philadelphia. And the Buffalo Bills are re-signing their um, Pro Bowl safety, Micah Hyde, to a two-year million extension, one of the better safeties in football, as we all know. Former Green Bay Packer comes to Buffalo and, you know, is on part of that Buffalo defense a few years back that was just absolutely smothering. Um, And, yeah, the the big re-signings there. Um, David Johnson to Houston. Jason Kelsey stays in Philly. And Micah Hyde stays in Buffalo.
1: I feel like Micah Hyde is, like, a little bit underpaid. But other than that, yeah, that's pretty... (laughs) <laughs> pretty pretty straightforward. There's not a lot to not a
0: lot to hmm. say. And those are the re-signings. We have one more that's just a signing, not a re-signing. Um, that being Tyrell Williams, uh, the wide receiver. He was a Las Vegas Raider last season. Missed you know virtually the entire season with injury. Um, he is signing to the Detroit Lions, um, a team that you know had a lot of wide receiver issues last season with Kenny Galladay being injured for the vast majority of it. Um, he's going to come there and play with Jared Goff and hopefully Kenny Galladay if the franchise tag goes through, which is uh, very likely for Kenny Galladay. Um, uh, we reported last episode they are probably going to give him the franchise tag if no long-term contract is agreed to. But, yeah, we're going to see Tyra Williams there, see how he's able to perform off that injury with the new QB and a new system, with the new head coach and Dan Campbell. Um, should be very interesting. And sure. to, to go on with this free agency news here, um Two franchise tags have been placed already. Um, first, the uh, Carolina Panthers have franchise tagged their young offensive tackle, Taylor Moten. Um, you know, just a, a solid offensive tackle throughout his career, but, you know, we, there still isn't necessarily throughout his young career. You know, there still isn't necessarily a gauge on his market value, per se, on how much the team is really willing to give him. Um, and Justin Simmons has been franchise tagged for the second time in a row. Um, now the Broncos and Justin Simmons are still trying to work towards an agreement. Um on the long term agreement. They have until well, I don't even remember when they have till there there's a date they have to till. I don't remember what it is, to be honest. But um uh yeah, they're still gonna try to work towards a long term deal. But for now, he's franchise tagged. Denver is not letting him go anywhere. You know, obviously he's not gonna be able to talk to these other teams. He's franchise tagged. Denver definitely wants him to stay in-house, and um, I guess Denver just figures it may take a little bit longer for the contract extension. You know, don't let him kill here. Any other offers, you know, make sure he's not leaving. So, mm-hmm. I guess, I guess, good moves there for the for the two respective teams. I guess um, Justin Simmons is likely to be um, extended. Taylor Mountain probably he's going to need another year. But um, overall, you know, first two franchise tags of the year. So,
1: I don't really like it when you like franchise a player back to back like that. You can't do that with Le'Veon Bell. It makes a player unhappy whenever you're you're just kind mm-hmm. of forcing, you know, giving them the options. But I feel like. With Justin Simmons, you don't want to take the risk. He's a great safety, and, you know, I, I understand it, though. I understand. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's a
1: business. It's business. Great,
0: great, great way to put it. Yeah. And we have one last piece of news here. We actually, we had a lot of news. We sped through it pretty quickly by grouping it together. It's effective methods there. But um, the last piece of news here is a retirement um of Carolina Panthers, great linebacker. Thomas Davis um, will officially be retiring and he is expected to on March 11th sign a one-day contract with the Carolina Panthers. So he's able to retire as a Panther. Um, And yeah, he's one of the greatest linebackers, one of the greatest players in Carolina Panthers short history of their team being in existence. Um, And yeah, he's going to try to sign a one-day contract with them, make sure he retires a Panther, part of Panthers nation. Got to respect it. And we just want to say thank you to um, a great player. One of the decade's finest linebackers in Thomas Davis. One of my my mom's favorite players for some reason. Um, She's got a few players that she just really likes that aren't on the Steelers. Very few of them. Um, She (laughs) loves Thomas Davis. And if you remember Jordan Matthews, the old Eagles wide receiver, she loved Jordan Matthews. I couldn't tell you why, but... And she liked Thomas Davis when he wasn't even – like not. I don't mean like he's not good, but like when he, he – she didn't start liking like all pro Thomas. She started liking like 32-year-old 30, like Thomas Davis. Like I, I don't know why, but.
1: <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, I Colton's mom is, is, has lots of interests there, I said.
0: Favorite players that aren't Steelers, Thomas Davis and Jordan Matthews. And I, that's all I can remember. That, that, I think there were a few more, but I only – but I have no clip. I have no clip. But with that, we, we finally move on to our 2017 redraft, um, an idea that Joe proposed a while ago. He's been very excited for this yes, 2017 sir. redraft. Uh, an absolutely crazy class there. We did our 2020 redraft uh, last week, which went pretty well. I move on to our 2017 one, an absolutely stacked draft class. So without further ado, the first
1: uh, four picks can start us off.
0: And <laughs> so, get us going get right.
1: here. Yes, I, I was excited for this, and I am still excited for this. Um, so, yes, for the first pick, the Cleveland Browns took Miles Garrett, followed by the Bears, trading up and taking Mitch Trubisky. Money Mitch. Then the 49 yeah. taking Solomon Thomas. And then the Jags taking Leonard, uh, Leonard running back. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Leonard running back. Mr. Leonard running back. Um, Set so number one, a very obvious choice here. We have the, the Cleveland Browns that ended up going on his team that year. Going out and taking the best quarterback I've ever seen, probably. Patty, Patty Mahomes. Yeah, he won the Super Bowl MVP. This is an easy choice um i you know i dare, dare i say you have the same person and if you don't then i'm gonna have to throw some hands i'm gonna travel up there throw some hands that Ooh. one that one's obvious it's as obvious as it gets almost as obvious as number two here The player they probably should have taken originally uh the chicago bears taking on the quarterback deshaun watson big thing with deshaun watson he he only is getting better and he gets better despite them taking away talent and uh giving them worse players basically to play with. He continues to get better. You gotta respect that in the man. Um, yes. Great player, Bill Are real like he's really dominant. Like I feel like Patrick Mahomes is dominant, but it's in a different way. Um, yeah. Deshaun Watson is a little bit more gritty. I feel like, but that's just the way you gotta be when you're on a bad yeah. team. Um, on to three, where I think the 49ers they took a D end in Solomon Thomas, who's like, I don't know. I like Solomon Thomas' stats do not look that good. But I feel like yeah. I feel like he's not that bad. But maybe that's just anyway. I'm not having him at three, obviously. I should have been DPOY. T.J. Watt, Pittsburgh Steelers. Extremely. Hey, this is the this is a definition of dominant. T.J. Watt, and you can get that um, pairing with you know Joey Bosa years later if the draft turns out the same way again, and uh, you know it works out great. Uh, you fill a need there that you obviously wanted to already fill. So and then you move on to four, the Jags. Yeah, they took they took a running back at four, which. Is... Kind of, What's almost the definition? Like, I, I mean, like it doesn't make a lot of sense. It obviously, didn't work out for him. Um, so I think they, I think they take George Kittle. This is an interesting one. I haven't George Kittle going very high, Um, and I just feel like he, you know, George Kittle. He played well with his his breakout year was with not the best quarterback on the roster. You know, Jimmy G was injured that year. He's playing with with subpar quarterback play to say the least. He played really well. He can get a really dominant tight end. someone yeah, someone continues to produce and can. And he can just be a good player, despite the talent around him. Essentially, um, you know, there definitely are other options here, um, like like Miles Garrett, which would which would probably make a little bit more sense. I I bet this is the only one we have different, but I kind of like George Kittle this time. I saw it and I, it just kind of,
0: I I gotta respect it, uh, George Kittle. I, I, I'm not gonna say where I have George Kittle, but I'll talk about why I respect it and how I feel about tight ends, as I've explained a couple times. Um, so yeah, number one, the the top two picks are are like clockwork. Um, Mahomes at number one to Cleveland, the best quarterback in football. Deshaun Watson, Chicago, one of the better quarterbacks in football. And I like what you said about the two, how they're both very dominant, but in different ways. Um, as Mahomes is obviously dominant, as in you know the Kansas City Chiefs are you know best team in the NFL, and we you know they're so, but they're so talented, right? Deshaun Watson is dominant in the ways of like you know having amazing quarterback play despite very little talent and still having you know his getting his team wins and keeping them in every single game with you know no talent around him um and still leading the league in passing yards you know i mean it's it's dominance in a different fashion so i I like how you describe that um i also had tj watt at number three um i believe he should have won defensive player of the year as well like like you said um 15 sacks this season um just overall, dude, getting T.J. Watt at number 30 overall is the steal of the decade, um, quite possibly, as, you know, the Dallas Cowboys took Taco Charlton over him, and then, you know, two or three picks later, you got T.J. Watt being selected by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, tremendous pick there, and just, yeah, he's my he's my pick to number three for the San Francisco 49ers, who, like you said, drafted Solomon Thomas, who just really hasn't worked out. Um, and at number four is where I'm going to have Miles Garrett, um, the number one overall pick of the draft. Um uh, I think I think T.J. Watt is a better player, but I don't think very far off. I think Miles Garrett is a tremendous football player, tremendous talent. I think he's going to be one of the premier players in the NFL for you know the next 10 to 15 years. Um, and I think he's just going to be an amazing player. So I, I've got him at number four in Jacksonville, a team that you know has not really had much of an edge-rushing prowess over the past couple of years um, and obviously any team can benefit from having Miles Garrett on the roster. So my picks, one through four, go Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, TJ Watt, and then uh, Miles Garrett.
1: All right, so I had um, Patrick Mahomes and then Deshaun Watson as well, followed by TJ Watt, and then George Kittle with a big surprise. Um, So I was kind of, you know, taken off guard there a little bit because I thought I had Miles Garrett at four. Um, But thankfully, thankfully I had a reasoning written down because I I was a little bit surprised. I remember this because the 2017 defense of the Jacksonville Jaguars was really good, and of course it didn't really pan out that well. But they had a lot of talent at the time, you mm-hmm. know. So there was their offense that was bad, and then it all kind of fell apart as you know, as the years went by. There's no success, and bad coaching, and bad quarterback play, and the offense is so bad. You know, you're not going to want to sit around and and be good, you know, more more or less. You don't want to do that, you know. You want to be on a team that's winning. and That's not the whole reason that pretty toxic franchise there overall but you know you can get an offensive player that's gonna do well even though you have a you know basically a backup quarterback as your starting quarterback and uh, you know then you you know you still have a offensive production there producing and then you're not you know you don't feel so bad it's kind of like the Steelers defense it it didn't happen but you know the Steelers defense was so good and then you've got mason rudolph and and duck in there like you're not (laughs) you get the ball to them just for them to turn it over and like Three now. You know, obviously it, it was an actual backup quarterback. It wasn't your starting quarterback that was playing like a backup quarterback. That's yeah. that's the reasoning behind that a little bit more. But I was a little bit surprised. At them. Um so five to eight. The Titans took Corey Davis, the Jets took Jamal Adams, the Chargers took Mike Williams, and the Panthers took CMC Christian McCaffrey. So at five, I have the Tennessee Titans taking Miles Garrett. He's a stat monster, a star, as you mentioned, a great player. Um and yeah, like you said, he's not really that far off from TJ Watt always like I was kind of talk like he is he's not that much fun. he as you mentioned he could be DPOY next year it's not out of the realm of possibility um and the Titans are always a team as you might like as we always say a lot they don't really have a lot of edge rush they don't have a lot of pass rush in general um you know you Dead get a player in, the in sacks definitely put up a lot of pass rush to say that um yeah he, I'm pretty sure he was a defensive player of the year unless I'm absolutely I, know, I would I'm almost certain he um in twenty seventeen so get the DPOY at five makes a lot of sense at six, um, I think the Jets ha- take take a lockdown cornerback in Marshawn Lattimore. This might be a little bit high to take Marshawn Lattimore. Um, there definitely is a lot of spots to, for the Jets to fill at the time they had. Um, like that quarterback situation was in shambles, but there's you know, there's no quarterback to take here. I'm not taking Trubisky this high. <laughs> um, yeah. So you know the de- the defense was really really bad. It was like 28th ranked, 27th ranked. It was it was really really. Sweet. So, you know you can take a cornerback there that can lock down and. Uh, I think I think makes sense. Ten career interceptions for him so far, and he, oh no, no, Marshall Lattimore won defense.
0: Yeah, I believe.
1: Yes, he definitely because it was him and Kamara. I'm almost certain, it was mm-hmm. him and that was like it was the two. They both had the best. Yeah. Basketball.
0: Now that you mentioned that, I'm pretty sure Lattimore
1: did win. I'll check. But um, so so from five, uh, no, I'm not even done yet. <laughs> Those that two teams. Okay. You
0: got two more.
1: So the Chargers, they took Mike Williams as I mentioned. Um, but their offense was their offense was was a little bit. You know, it was good, but their offensive line was really, really bad. I remember this specific – I looked it up. They had the 32nd-ranked offensive line that year. It was really bad. I think they take the best offensive line on the board. A very good player. Um, Ryan Ramchek. yeah, he was a really solid player. He's played well for the Saints so far. He fills the need specifically. So – and it's probably high, but I think, you know, the the fits – the fits – is what the fit is what is imp- um and then I ate the yeah the Panthers took CMC I think they take Troy Davies White second cornerback off the board quick back-to-back there almost. um but once again their defense was bad a lot of these teams up here had really bad defense um but you can you can get another really good lockdown cornerback although he developed a little bit more in recent years so like from 2017 to like his rookie year wasn't so good but after that yeah he yeah, developed a lot and I, that's the way I didn't know how I was thinking about this because if if you're drafting like based on the 2017 team, then like there could be more changes. But I thought more about like how the team turned out and how this player could help and year more than in the moment mm-hmm. right away. Although George kind of helped more in the moment than in the long term. So what? so from so from five to eight, I had Miles Garrett to the Titans, Marshawn Lattimore to the Jets, Ryan Ramcheck to the Chargers, and then Tre'Davious White. I
0: like it. I like it. Um, five is where I have George Kittle. Um, to the Titans. Um, I'm also a guy that had uh, George Kittle really high. As I've said a few times, I believe uh, tight end is one of the most important positions in football. And if you have a truly great tight end, you're at such an advantage over, you know, almost any team in the league. Um, like I said, if you look at the past Super Bowl teams, like just about every year, Super Bowl teams have a stud tight end. You know, this year it was Travis Kelsey versus Rob Gronkowski. And, you know, Rob Gronkowski wasn't what he once was, but he had a great game. And last, you know, last season, Kelsey versus Kittle. Before was Gronk versus Zach Ertz. Um, you know, Austin Hooper back in the day. Oh, yeah, you, you, you know, like you, you get the point. They're just such a matchup issue, um, for any team. It's they're very important, you know, if you have a stud tight end, it's a humongous advantage. Um, so I, I've got Kittle at um five at six. I also have a corner, but a different one. You had Lattimore. This is where I'm taking Travis White. Um, I believe Travis White's a top three corner in football. I, I, uh, I believe that. Um, and yeah, just a true lockdown. And I think the Jets are in a position at the time where in still uh, today where they're kind of a garbage fire all around the field and you take best player available, in my opinion, best player available, is Travis White. Um, another, you know, similar scenario for the chargers for me where I believe you take uh, best player available and for the chargers, this is where I'm going to have them taking the safety best safety on the board here uh, Jamal Adams. I'm going to have them taking at number seven um, starting, you know, solidify that defense. Um, and eight, in um, real life, the Panthers took Christian McCaffrey. and my redraft, the Panthers are going to take Christian McCaffrey. Um, a, a little high for him, um, I will admit, but Christian McCaffrey is a guy that provides you with a lot more than just being a running back. Um, and obviously with this redraft, you know what they turn out to be. You know, Christian McCaffrey is a running back and a number one wide receiver in one. You know what I mean? Like, you know, two years ago, he was a 1,000-yard receiver and a 1,000-yard rusher. Like, the man can do everything on the field. He's so important to that offense. And while, you know, defense was championships, you still have to have a good offense, right? Um, and I think Christian McAfee is so important to that team. He can do everything on the field. And for a team with a lackluster offensive talent, apart from him, he's very important. And I'm going to have them stick with their selection at eight. So from, from five to eight, I've got George Kittle to the Titans, Javius White to the Jets, Jamal Adams to the Chargers, and Christian McCaffrey stays in Carolina.
1: Um yeah, I, I do like that. I like it. It's already like the same as our 2020 draft. That we have a few select differences that's already like by the end it's gonna be so different. Um mm-hmm. but I like it. It definitely leaves some room for debate. And the biggest thing I have, I will okay, it's not the biggest because I but the thing for me mostly um, I hey I have Martian Lattimore above Davis White, and it's just something about something about the way Trey like I, I Tradavis White is good. But I just feel like I just feel like in the future, I just feel like as the years go by, I feel like Martian Martian Lattimore is just gonna just gonna be better. Like I just feel like he's a little bit more longevity and whatnot. I just think that's a little bit more preference. I don't know, like Davis White is a great player. That's just always the way I thought about it. I think Davis White is really good right now. But I just think as the years go by, Martian Lattimore is gonna continue to improve. And maybe Travis White kind of stagnates a little bit and that's not That's not to say he's going to be bad by any means. I just think, you know, when you plot, you know, you might just plateau at a really high level. That's not, that's just how, that's kind of how I thought. That's a, it might, it might be completely wrong. And I, you know, then I make fun of my redraft. Why don't you, um, (laughs) So from nine to 12, the Bengals took John Ross out of Washington. Then the chiefs took Patrick Mahomes. The saints took Marshawn Lattimore and the Texans took Deshaun Watson. So none of those guys, are left to be drafted, so these are all going to be completely different. Um, well, not John Ross. Well,
0: John Ross is left to be drafted, but I don't think he's going to be drafted.
1: <laughs> no, John Ross could go undrafted, practically. Anyway, <laughs> at nine, um, just one pick later than you, I have them taking Christian McCaffrey. As you mentioned, he's he's the offensive weapon. Like as he, he's basically your wide receiver and the running back, and and every everything you could want. You know, you don't need you don't need stars. you don't need anything. You got Christian McCaffrey, you got an offense. Um and that's something that cannot be said about many players, um, and can definitely be said about him. So even though he's he was an injured a little bit, I think he's a little bit better. Could be, you know, if if he played this year, I think he'd still be the consensus number one running back, but he didn't play, so it, it's hard to say that. But in a redraft, i would still be taking Christian McCaffrey. Um at ten, so this is I went in this and I looked at some of the stats. I dug into dug it a little bit deep here and I was looking at the Chiefs the Chiefs' offense actually that, you know, obviously was good. At the time that they didn't start Patrick Mahomes right away. But you know, at the time, the offense was still pretty good. Um, and their number one wide receiver was Tyree Kill with a little over 1,000 yards. And the number two wide receiver was the Markin Robinson with like 350 yards. Obviously, mm. they did have some tight end sprinkled sprinkled in there. They had Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey wasn't the Travis Kelsey we know today. At that time, he still was. <laughs> he wasn't the star that we know today. But he, you know, he there were tight ends producing, but it's still ugly. So this is where I think they take Chris Godwin, a PFF you know pff monster everyone pff loves chris godwin and yeah. in the rear draft we were talking about this we were just kind of like choking about a little bit he was drafted like number five which is stupid but i think it makes sense here it's they they need a wide receiver too, like really bad and you can get him there and that makes sense too it's another another kind of uh he a developed route tree there with, with chris godwin especially at this point i feel like he can kind of do it all i'm not a big i'm not a humongous chris godwin fan but it does make sense and um, many would say he's the best wide receiver out of the draft class. I took it. I put him there. Um, then on to the Saints, where I think they. I think they take Kamara. I think they take. There's a lot of running backs back to back. This is a really good running back class. Another item I'm not a big fan of taking running backs first round. Kamara is another CMC situation where he. Um, he's an all around offensive threat. He receives. Uh, rece- receives out of the backfield. There's lots of and with Drew Brees. He uh, he's a big help because you know that arm isn't as strong as it used to be. Doesn't throw the ball very far, and running back of the backfield is very useful because you don't really have to throw very far. But um, you know, it, it's the same team, so we can't put the green. Even though it's the same team, but you know, it's in a different round. We can't put the name in green. I get to put That's Christian
0: McCaffrey's right. name in green
1: for you. Yeah, <laughs> um, at twelve. So yeah, this is where I went. Um, with Jamal Adams, a little bit lower than you, four picks or five picks lower than you. Um, and yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Texans had the 32nd ranked defense in 2017 so Jamal Adams especially at this point is a, is a do-it-all guy he isn't as good in coverage I guess isn't as good in coverage the coverage numbers haven't been good lately <laughs> but his, his pass rushes and you know, he still is like I'm sure he's not just going to be bumming coverage for the rest of his career hopefully he can regain some of that the confidence and whatnot that he had with the Jets Um, and you know it makes sense you can, you can just get a, a true a true. you know he fills a lot of spots and, as you would say uh, you know best player available here when your team's that bad. So just, just get the best defensive player on the board, which yeah. Jamal Adams is. Yeah.
0: True. True. So um uh, I guess I...
1: so so yes I we were right. Um it was the two Saints rookies, Alvin Kamara mm-hmm. and uh Adam Moore as the DPO defensive rookie of the year and and offensive of the year. I look just to yeah. that. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. So at nine for Cincinnati, um you took CMC
0: this is where I'm going to Cincinnati has not had a good offensive line since I've been watching. Um, you know, they had Andrew Whitworth at one point, it was good, but then obviously he went to LA. He was, I believe still in LA at this time. Um, so for Cincinnati, I take the best offensive lineman on the board, Ryan Ramshack, who still is a zero time pro bowler. I think he's a zero time pro bowler, but like a three or four time all pro, um, just shows you how flawed the system is. I mentioned that a decent bit. Um, but I take and Track there, the offensive tackle, ended up in uh, with the last pick of the first round to New Orleans and one of the best offensive linemen in the league. I believe I had him ranked top five, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in the last offseason. season. Um, so yeah, I just bolster size, offensive number ten at KC. I'm going to take a corner in KC. Is uh, you know I always mock them taking a corner. That's just one position they they're not very good at. And I'm a defensive rookie of the year, Marshawn Lattimore. The corner that I'm taking is Marlon Humphrey. Um, I think Marlon Humphrey is a top-five corner in the league, or at least that's what I had him rated at the time. I'll have to rethink that now. But he's definitely a corner that can do it all. You know, he's great in coverage, and he actually led the league in uh, forced fumbles, so obviously knocking that ball loose. Um, and he's just very productive as a city secondary. The department's very unproductive. Um, so I got I got Humphrey there. And next pick to New Orleans is where I'm going to I guess coming in to be the number two wide receiver uh, secondarily to Michael Thomas. Which, you know, uh, they run a lot of different. Chris Godwin's more of a deep route runner, and Michael Thomas is more of a short route runner. You know, just open up the field a little bit Michael Thomas, um, a quarterback's dream. Those, those two wide receivers on the same team is a QB's dream with the different route trees that they've developed. Um, I'm going to have them taking a wide receiver as well. Um, Kenny Galladay I'm going to have at number 12. They are just a team that is is lacking. And at the time, they weren't lacking. You know, at the time, they had Hopkins. But I'm sure there was a seed in their mind that maybe they didn't want to extend Hopkins, and maybe they had a seed that they were still going to trade Hopkins. And he wasn't, you know, like the league leader Hopkins at the time. He was like, he was, you know, he was a great wide receiver, but he wasn't, you know, the best wide receiver in football. DeAndre Hopkins at the time, you know what I mean. So in the second, he still had no secondary wide receiver. So a secondary wide receiver was still not her ending. And you got to think at this time they were a playoff football team, or a playoff caliber football team. It wasn't the dumpster fire of the Houston Texans organization we know today. So a secondary wide receiver extremely helpful and beneficial to Kenny Gall or to DeAndre Hopkins and. I guess they wouldn't have ended up with Deshaun Watson, but um, I guess Brock Osweiler still. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so I, I got Kenny Galladay at 12. So from 9 to 12, uh, Ryan Ramchak to the Cincy at 9, Marlon Humphrey to Casey at 10, uh, Chris Godwin to Nola at 11, and Kenny Galladay to the Texans at number 12.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, <clears throat> and it's just like clockwork, I a 13 pick, but I got to go over the, the real-life picks. So 13, the Cardinals to Kassan Redick out of Temple. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles took Derek Barnett out of Tennessee. The Colts took Malik Cooker, safety, out of Ohio State, and the Baltimore Ravens took Marlon Humphrey, cornerback, out of Alabama. Um, so at thirteen, <laughs> yeah, just like clockwork. I have Marlon Humphrey. Just a few picks right after you. Yeah, Ooh. a great cornerback, and um, just yeah, like you mentioned, you know, he's not just a coverage guy. He gets in there and does some of the dirty work, just like a linebacker or whatever. You know, gets in there punching balls out and whatnot. That's a that's all you gotta give a lot of respect to a cornerback and do it because you know they're not that big that's a lot of wear and tear on the body so
0: mm-hmm.
1: a lot of respect <laughs> for Marlon Humphrey um, and also yeah it fills a big need because their defense was also really bad that year um, the Cardinals were like 31st I think or 30th um, but you know either way cornerback like that is great and you come along there so the Eagles at 14 so they won the Super Bowl this year um, in 2017. And their wide receiver core, they were was pretty good. You know, they, they had they had the Nelson Aguilar and they had Alshon Jeffrey and they had Ertz. And at the time, yeah, it looked pretty good. It looked pretty good. But you think about in the future how it all kind of falls apart from injuries and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And even at the time, you didn't really have a third option there at wide receiver. You you had, you had Ertz, but just looking through, I think you take Juju Smith Schuster, the Steelers' mm-hmm. wide. Receiver. Now this is where you take it. He's a he's a big body, and you already got a you kind of got a big body there. Well, at the time, eh, I guess when, coming out of the draft, he really wasn't like that strong or anything. Um. You know, I, I think it makes sense <laughs> if you look forward in the future. Because you know, at this point, the wide receiver the biggest hole in their their roster. They mm-hmm. they they've lost a lot of their their good players there, and and even, even then, you know, the the, all, the wide receiver core was good, and they had a you know a receiving attack. But imagine that with Juju too. As you know, you kind of think about you've got you got the Cowboys, and you've got um Amari Cooper, and you've already got a great number two guy there, and um uh, Michael Gallup. <laughs> and you even got a pretty solid tight end uh, with the same last name as Garrett, um, or maybe his first name is Garrett. Either way, you got a solid tight end. You got a pretty good receiving core. You can go out and get CeeDee Lamb, and they've got an explosive offense. That's crazy, um, and I, you know that's awesome. That's, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. <laughs> At 15, um, the Colts they took um, Malik Hooker, so they wanted a safety. Going along with a little bit, a little bit of that philosophy of mine, they already wanted a safety. Why don't we just give them the best safety there? Um, give them Buda Baker. <laughs> uh, that's that's awesome. Uh, I love I I always thought Buddha Baker was nice. I did not know he was drafted this uh, in the year 2017, but that's interesting to learn. Um, he's a really solid tackler, and this year he even played well in coverage. He's a very high, highly paid safety, and, and it's worth it. So I think it just makes sense. You can get there. Malik Cooker's solid. And at the time, when Malik Cooker was drafted here, I was really hoping he'd fall to the Steelers. He did not. Um, and we got T.J. Watts, so no complaints. But mm-hmm. at the time, I was just a little bit triggered. Um then at sixteen you got you got Alex Collins. You got Alex Collins at running back and you got Joe Flacco at quarterback. He needs some help for that man. I you know, you need to take some stress off that arm. Why don't you just get the star, Dalvin um you know, carry old man Joe and yeah, you know, it's a little bit high, it's already a lot of running backs off the board. And they're good running backs. <laughs> I can't dare I say, um I, I do I don't like paying the running backs, I don't like drafting the running backs as much and investing that much capital in them. And they didn't. There's only the one uh there were only the two first round running backs. Uh, and Christian McCaffrey and Will Pornette. Nah, no, I'm not taking him running back number four overall, no matter what. Like probably no matter what. But obviously that's not what Jacksonville thought. And, um, and even in 2017 it didn't kind of worked out good, but not in the long run. Yeah. But you know looking back, it you know it makes sense to draft a, a star there and a really great player. So from 13 to 16, Marlon Humphreys to the court, to the Cardinals, to smith to the Eagles. Buda Baker to the Colts 15 and then Dalvin cook to the Ravens.
0: I like it. I like it. Um, so
1: in Arizona, you went defensive back 13.
0: I'm going to do the same, but I'm going to take a safety instead of a corner. Um, and I'm going to go with Eddie Jackson. Um, obviously they drafted Buda Baker. They wanted a safety and I'm going to give them a safety, but the safety that maybe didn't have a better season, but I value just a little bit more in Eddie Jackson, an absolute ball Hawk there for the Chicago bears has been for the past couple of seasons. Um, an absolute beast in Arizona to compliment Patrick Peterson there. Um and yeah, yeah, at fourteen. Um I have Philadelphia finally taking Marshawn Lattimore. Um, the, the corner because at the time, like you said, they won the Super Bowl, but they did not have Darius Slay at the time. They did not have a good corner. You know, they were rocking with Ronald Darby at the time, Orlando Skandrick and such. So I'm gonna have them taking a true number one corner and Marshawn Lattimore and getting that done finally. Um just one pick after you had him is where I'm gonna have Judy Schuster being drafted. To the Indianapolis Colts um, at number 15. Uh, Obviously, we know T.Y. Hilton, his production starts to fall off and to get a little bit younger in the receiving core. um, You know, Pittman and Pascoe aren't necessarily getting it done. Um, And I think, you know, having an explosive wide receiver like Judas Schuster, they can run routes all over the field to go hindsight with Carson Wentz in this next season. Um, Judas Schuster is a great fit there in Indianapolis. And then at 16 for Baltimore is. i'm gonna get them a safety i'm gonna get them buda baker here um at number 16 um you know just we know they have such a stacked roster but like if you could even call it a hole um i guess they don't have much of a safety apart from chuck clark um on the other side Uh, and yeah, why not why not go get buda baker a guy that can help you with tackling because that's one thing on that defense that they did struggle with a bit was just the wealth of tackles there um I guess Patrick Queen obviously was a very good linebacker, and you saw Marlon Humphrey for a corner, putting up a lot of tackles and being really good there in that department. But overall, um, you know, Chuck Clark isn't a guy providing you with a lot of tackles and safeties, and you know, apart from apart from Queen, not many, you know, like Tyus Bowser and L.J. Ford aren't necessarily the best of linebackers and just run stuffing and such. And Buda Baker is one of the best run stuffing safeties and one of the best, you know, quote unquote box safeties in the league. Very good fit there in Baltimore. So, from 13 to 16, I had Eddie Jackson to Arizona, uh, Marshawn Lattimore to the Eagles, Juju Smith-Schuster to the Indianapolis Colts, and Buda Baker to Baltimore. It's alliteration right there.
1: All right, yeah. Yeah, that, that all makes a lot of sense. I, <clears throat> If my draft word ended up like you did, I think that's how I would also take him. I just, it's a, some great, some great thought there. So, 17 <laughs> at 17. Uh, the, the Washington team at the time selected Jonathan Allen, defensive line out of Alabama. The Titans took Adore Jackson out of USC. The Buccaneers took O.J. Howard out of Alabama. And then the Broncos took Garrett Bowles out of... um. So 17. So that I'm thinking the guy here who he produces. I feel like he this. He always like has a good bit of sacks. He's more of an eye test guy for me. You know, I did not really see any redrafts where he was picked, but I had to do it. This is a, this is a guy who I've not talked a whole lot about it on the show, but I do like him, and I have to I have to show some love here to Derek Barnett of the Eagles. Now, um, yeah, he's he's not great, but he's, he's not bad, and I feel like this this is probably a little bit high, I'll admit. Um, but they already picked they already picked D line, they already picked a D lineman, so you can get Derek Barnett, a guy who I really like, and as I mentioned, he really, I feel like he really produces. He always gets a lot of sacks, and I always like teams at the beginning of the season. <laughs> he always has a lot of sacks, and maybe cools off a little more the end. But um, oh. wait. Uh, I might have missed if Trey Hendrickson was picked in this uh, draft Then I might have, <laughs> but he either was. way, shoot. Okay. Well, it would kind of make sense if you're going to get just get a guy here, produce more to get Hendrickson, but that's, that's too late <laughs> too late now. Um, and to be fair, Hendrickson does only have one season of production. Yes, that's true. That's true. Um, at 18, as I mentioned, the, uh, the Titans took a Dory Jackson. I think they take a Dory, Dory Jackson again. Um, he turned out well. It was a good pick. Like, He's a he's a good safety and um I you know I think feel like I feel like he's good. Like I he's done he's definitely underrated like I in my opinion I feel like he's underrated. But you get, this you get
0: your green your your green font now finally.
1: Yes, finally I get my green font. Um this is this yeah, this is a weird one. I at this point I was kind of like I was kind of pulling for a shot here. I don't know who to give him here. Um so I just went with the, the same pick that he took cuz I knew he was a, he, knew he was a pretty good player. I looked up the stats. The stats look nice. So I so I just stuck with the same pick. <laughs> um at 19 Oj Howard. OJ Howard has not really turned out. Definitely had not turned out how they wanted. He really was injured and didn't really play much this year specifically. Even in the past, he's been injured a lot. Um and <laughs> they had they had Doug Martin at running back. This is another running back. They had like Doug Martin at running Doug Martin, Doug Martin makes me laugh. Doug Martin was like not good. I remembered I don't have pleasant memories of Doug Martin playing football. So yeah, I give you Kareem Hunt. Mr. Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is Cream Hunt. Although, despite his off-the-field issues that we all kind of know about, um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's a, he's a really. Good, I feel like Kareem Hunt is a really good player. And I always say this: on any other team, he'd be getting a ton of carries, and everyone be saying he's he's like a top eight running back, top six running back. If he would wasn't playing with Nick Chubb, who's just better than him, um, mm-hmm. for for lack of better term, he just doesn't get as much playing time. You know, there's someone better than him. But on another team, you would be able to see that that talent shine I think it was a third round pick definitely a great pick for you know there for the Chiefs obviously sadly enough he kind of threw that away but mm-hmm. you know you, you get where I'm, you know where I'm coming from I just Doug, I cannot you know the team is like really bad but at this point like <laughs> I you know the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were not good back then but yeah you know, I'm not taking OJ Howard and I really just I wanted to get a more of a flashy pick there you can eat Cream Hunt and Cream yeah. Hunt played well like the you know, I guess Kareem Hunt really hasn't had to play that much without a, a good offensive line, but he doesn't seem like he'd be able to he doesn't seem like he'd be bad with an offensive line. He's just that power running back type of guy who uh who sells the speed and, and like the strength combination. My, my little rant there is over. Um so this is another one. This is this is definitely my worst poor stretch of, of picks here, because I have really bad reasoning for all of this. But I look at the Broncos and you look at their quarterback room, and it is by it's like the worst quarterback room I've ever seen. Trevor Simeon and and uh, Paxton Lynch. Lynch. And, and it's like, I really did not want to have to draft Mitch Trubisky in the first uh... round. I
0: cannot,
1: I cannot. If I'm in 2017, I cannot see those guys go out there and play. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I'm not. I, I'm doing all I can do just not make sure I have to have those, like, three bums out on the field. That I'm, I feel like Trevor Simeon was a little bit, like, hated. But, like, the, the, the team. Yeah, they have like a top fifteen defense, and they had a pretty good wide receiver core. Still, like, they still basically the same wide receiver core for that they had for um for uh, Pat uh, Peyton Manning, a pretty solid offensive lineman, and like running backs that were like serviceable definitely at the time. <laughs> and it's just mm. the like quarterback room I've ever seen. And although Mr. Bitsky is no is no star, and he's definitely had his his fair share of ups and downs, I, I gotta I cannot I like I gotta pick a quarterback at some point, so you don't have to have those guys go out there. Is it a weak pick? Absolutely, but <laughs> I it, I feel like it makes sense like to an extent. So so yeah. 17 Washington taking Barnett, followed by the Titans turning around and taking the same guy they already took Adore Jackson. Um, the Bucks take Cream Hunt and the Broncos take Joe. So, yeah. As I mentioned, like definitely the worst four picks in the draft. Mm-hmm. But I was, it, it's okay. It could be worse.
0: Probably. I'm happy to see Trubisky. I'm happy to see Trubisky. Gotta say. <laughs> um, so at 17, um, yeah, Washington took selected Jonathan Allen, and I'm gonna get me my second green check mark of the day. I think they're gonna take Jonathan Allen again. Um, I think he's one of the better defensive tackles in football right now. Uh, I think he's providing a lot of pass rush and just great run stopping. and Just great play on the Washington defensive line with Matt Ioannidis and and, and that uh, defensive tackle slot alongside him. Um, they're performing really well. So I'm going to have them uh, take Jonathan Allen once again. Um, Tennessee, uh, they took a Dory Jackson. You got your font there. They're, they're, they're pretty good. Uh, great corner there. But um, for me, for Tennessee – um, you saw that Jack Conklin, the free agent, and one getting out with injury, and the offensive line was not looking that good. And for such a run-heavy offense, you need to have a good offensive line. So I'm going to take, in my opinion, the second best offensive lineman in this draft, a uh, man that looked like a bust for three years but looked like a superstar this year and made it all pro-team. Garrett Bowles um, is my my selection to you know, to the Titans at number 18. Um, like I said, he was looking really bad in his first three years, and they didn't pick up his option. He came in this year, and he just Mike Munchak came in and transformed the man. He's an All-Pro offensive lineman. Gotta respect that. Gotta respect the grind for Garrett Bowles. I get. I have him to the Texans' team. Um, at number 19 to Tampa Bay, safety is a position that Tampa Bay had not been able to figure out for a long time. They ended up getting it figured out this season with Antoine Winfield. But um, I have them taking safety Marcus May. I'm at a really crazy season this year in New York Jets. Um, you know, the really only bright spot in that Jets team for the most part. Um, and at 20, Denver. Um, you know, I, th- I I don't take Trubisky here. Um, I I like Trubisky. I like Trubisky. I, I'm higher on you than most, people, um, as you know. But I like Trubisky. But I'm gonna take a wide receiver here. Um, I go Cooper Cup on this one. Um, a really shifty little wide receiver, slot guy. Um, yeah, I like Cooper Cup, and I think you sacrifice it a while, one year of Cooper Cup to be able to hopefully. Obviously, you know if I was them in 2017, I know how the players are going to turn out. I sacrifice it. I get a good wide receiver and hope that one year from now I can, you know, get a good quarterback in the draft. From 17 to 20, Washington takes Jonathan Allen again. Uh, Tennessee goes Garrett Bowles. Tampa Bay Marcus poet and didn't know it. And uh, Denver takes Cooper Cup.
1: Um, so so just interesting. You took uh Marcus May over Malik Cooker, which is uh which is interesting I did. I and. Did. Yeah, they took a wide receiver there. They saw Demarius Thomas and Manuel Sanders. They were aging. They were still okay. But like I, I, I not make sense. I'll um, give you a bit of a spoiler and tell you that I have a I have a comes above most. Gee. all so, right. Well, I guess I uh, there was I, I'm pretty sure I only have one more safety. Okay, anyway. We'll we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see here. So twenty one, the Lions took Gerard Davis time back out of Florida, followed by the Dolphins taking Carl uh, Terrace, the end, slash like an edge rusher basically out of Missouri. The Giants taking Evan Ingram out of Mississippi, and the Raiders taking Garyon Conley, cornerback out of Ohio State. Um, so, so at twenty-one, I have the Lions taking defense again. I think they're gonna take Shaquille Griffin, the cornerback out of the Se- out of from the Seattle Seahawks. Okay, you yeah. um, you know, I he's I'm I feel like I'm I like I think he cooled off this year. He was really good a few years ago. Um, he cooled off a little bit this year. That or he just didn't get talked about as much. So. So I uh <laughs> just didn't re- you know realize that he was still having a good year, but I he's a good player definitely. Um and I mean this is probably a little bit high, but hey, you gotta you gotta put him where you gotta put him. Yeah. Um so I think the the Dolphins they, they took an edge rusher. I think they I think they do take another another uh, another pass rusher here at the very least. Carl Lawson who played for the Bengals. He's productive. He's a I'm a pretty big Carl Lawson guy. Like I I always see like anytime I see him play, I always feel like he's he's a consistent game like quote game record. Like he's not. I feel like he gets pretty consistent pressure on, on the teams I see him play against. And that's something that I, I you know, I respect. I feel like his stats aren't his stats aren't great. Um they're relatively okay. But I feel like he gets a lot of pass rush. And although I I could have looked that up and gotten a specific number, um, percentage of plays he gets pressure on. I did not do so, but I was just this is an eye test. So I feel like he's a good player. Um at twenty three, yeah, they took they took Evan Ingram. I think they're gonna take Eddie Jackson. Um I like Eddie Jackson. I think he's really good. Um, and they definitely like they they de- eventually end up trading for uh, for Jabril Peppers from the Browns. So why don't you just <laughs> you can get another safety that I think I think Eddie Jackson is probably better. as you mentioned, he's a very good um, lurker type safety where he can ball hawk and, and get those uh, the turnovers and whatnot. So it, it's it's a great player to add on to a defense that really isn't great. At the time slash now, number twenty four. This is where I have Cooper Cup being taken. Um, yeah, he's a really big PFF guy. I don't really like the injuries, and that's why I really wouldn't want to take a guy with that many injuries in the first round. That's where probably as a fall falls off a little bit. But Cooper Cup is really good. I think like he's a very technically sound player. And um, whenever he's not injured and he's playing great, um, for the Rams, he's it's a sight to behold because uh, he's a great player. Yeah, that's true. True. So um, I like the picks. Sorry, from 21 down to 24. Um, Shaquille Griffin, Carl Lawson, Eddie Jackson, Brooke Up. Sorry, I, I just want to...
0: Good, good. I like them.
1: Um, for me in Detroit, knowing that uh, Kenny Galladay is off
0: the board and Detroit is going to be without their number one wide receiver, I think they're going to take a wide receiver here. Former 1,000-yard wide receiver Mike Williams, I think, gets the call here. at Number 21 to the Detroit Lions. Um, a big body receiver, physical uh, down-the-field route runner and go up and get it type of guy been the number two behind Keenan Allen his whole career, but he's produced very well, uh, one or two thousand-yard seasons under his belt. Very underrated guy there. Um, gets Detroit, their, their, their wide receiver. They don't like him as much as they do in Kenny Galladay. Kenny, Kenny Galladay they got in real life, but, um, you know, it, it is what it is. He's off the board. But um, Miami, team that hasn't been able to figure out that running back situation uh, the 2017 season, um, they're going to draft a running back here. They're going to take the second running back off the board in my mock draft, Alvin Kamara. Um, a guy that can do it all. They're still looking for a running back now because Miles you know, Gaskin and Salvin Ahmed are not necessarily the answer there, running back most likely for Miami. Um, but they get Alvin Kamara, one of the best running backs in the league, uh, coming out of Tennessee. Um, crazy seasons for him. He's a great, great out of the backfield running and receiving and blocking and do anything you want on the field. A uh, dynamic playmaker. Um, 23 and 24. Two more. The two last safeties that I have before Malik Hooker. Once again, I. I Maybe I disrespected Lee cooker, maybe maybe um twenty three to the New York Giants, first safety I have they selected um Evan Ingram, for the tight um and then this season they selected a safety they you know they they ended up trading for Gibrio Peppers, like you mentioned, who was a safety that I loved coming out of this draft. um but I have them taking a the safety here, and it is John Johns in the third um went to the Rams in real life, he's going to go to the Giants here. Had a really you know break season this year and route to you know being one of the leaders of one of you know one off if not the best defensive football last season on that L.A. Rams team. He's he's a very good, very underrated. The Giants are going to get him. And then for Las Vegas, they took Garyon Conley, a defensive back. They're going to take another defensive back as they are not very strong in that category. Their best one currently is probably Jonathan Abram, who is just kind of a tunnel vision, trying to hit stick people. Um, he just goes into rampage man. um so i have them taking another safety here and it's a guy that i really like he was actually on the players list marcus Williams, safety here he was a, he is a new orleans saint um you know he's known for the missed tackle in the minneapolis miracle in the playoffs but obviously he he's still a really good um he's, re- he's really great in coverage he's had some runs there and good season this season with uh Jan- or malcolm jenkins opposite him janoris jenkins and Marshawn Lattimore down there helping him with the corners um Really good player there. Um, so two more safeties over McCooker there. The disrespect is real, I guess. Um, so, yeah, from 21 to 24, uh, Mike Williams to Detroit, Alvin Kamara to Miami, John Johnson to the Giants, and Marcus Williams to the Las Vegas Raiders.
1: Yep. <clears throat> yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, so 25, the Browns took Jarrell to Preppers. The Falcons took took Karis McKinley out of UCLA. The Bills took Tredavis White. Absolute disrespect, not picking him higher than this in real life. But Bills fans are happy. I, I assure you. Um, the Cowboys took Taco Charlton, Dean out of Michigan at twenty-eight. Um, so, so twenty-five. <laughs> the Browns, I think they're going to take Kenny Galladay. They were zero sixteen at the time. They simply, they just simply need talent, um, and he definitely gives you that. The great wide receiver. And Helps out, I guess, with um, whoever they have at the time, whatever quarterback is cycling in and out. Because in 2017, we all know that's how it was. You know, who knew? Who knew what? Uh, the, who yeah, the go
0: from was
1: that week. Cody Kessler to Josh McCown to Deshaun to Kaiser. To, Sean Kaiser. Yeah. To RG3, Tyrod Taylor. We're we going everywhere. Go on other days, we can make fun of the Browns. Now they have Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I, so, one, one of these days, we're going to get to make fun of the Browns again. Someday. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so I think that that makes sense. there. Then the Falcons, I think they're gonna take Marcus Williams, the guy you just mentioned. I yeah, I think he's really good. Um, definitely underrated, as you said. He had a good year. Um, I mean the the Falcons, he had a good year, and the Falcons, the Falcons were good on both like both sides of the football that year. They were, I think they were top ten on offense and defense, if I remember off the top of my head from seeing that. But they can use some depth at safety, and they already you know, they weren't in the best safety situation at the times. So you can throw him in there. The Bills, this is this is a guy I saw. I know like. I don't really know if he's that good, <laughs> but P- but PFF said he was, and I've never re- literally seen this guy play. Dion Dawson, he plays for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and then like that's like I'm not. I mean, I've like I've definitely I've heard. Of that. I don't mean I really like knew if he was good or bad or anything. Really like specific. He's, he's a lineman, isn't he? Yeah, offensive lineman. Yeah. Um, but P- PFF loves him. So PFF, as it comes to offensive lineman, I'm really not gonna like taking time out of my day to see if these guys are really that good i'll just trust pff on this one um and to this day like i feel like the bills really need offensive line help like i know josh allen has kind of uh, he got some athleticism athleticism speed and he's able to get away from it but uh you know, that would make his life be easier to have a, a good offensive lineman there <laughs> and yeah. then at 28 i have the cowboys taking curtis samuel so i remember this specifically and this is one I was really hoping that, like, just the mock would let it fall this way. Or not the mock, just the, just the redraft would let it fall this way. That like Curtis Samuel would fall here. Because I remember this, yeah, I remember the Cowboys had, like, no separation in their, like, their wide receiver. And it was the worst. Because the year before, they had Des Bryant, and, they you know, they had the, the same squad. But they had, you know, Dak mm-hmm. Prescott coming in, a new fresh arm, and his new fresh eyes, and then Tony Romo. And they had the, the running back, the electric rookie running back <laughs> with, um, with Zeke. And Zeke suspended four games in the beginning of the season, if I remember correctly. And the offensive never got on the same page really. And um, there was no separation. Zeke, Dak was not. Yeah, Dak was showing his age, and so was so was the like the, the wide receiver core, what, Cole Beasley and whatnot. They were not. They didn't have like the top end speed. You Curtis Samuel, and you got some separation. You can make that offense. I mean, that defense spread out a little bit more. You got to respect him. Um, and that that would open it up a little bit more. The one game, the whole the whole works there. You know, I think that would make a lot of sense. So yeah. 25 to 28, Kenny Galladay to the Browns, Marcus Williams to the Falcons, Deion Dawson to the Bills, and Curtis Samuel, the Cowboys.
0: Yeah. I like it. Um 25 for me,
1: Cleveland. I I have them taking a linebacker,
0: something that they have just not really had and said, so, you know, in the past five years or so, they haven't really had just a true linebacker there in the middle. I'm going to get them one of the NFL's leader in tackles this season, Zach Cunningham, um, plays on the Houston Texans, um, you know, Pro Bowl caliber uh, linebacker, just somebody that's going to be able to come in and kind of command the defense, uh, help them in the run stuffing and just kind of do it all down there. So uh, that, that that's to Cleveland in 25, 26 Atlanta is uh, where I'm going to put Desmond King on the corner. Um, Atlanta is a team that does not have a good secondary, really. Has not had one for, you know, a a decent while. You know, Desmond Truffaut at the time was kind of showing his age and kind of worth – or not worth it, but um, had a a contract that was a lot higher than what his worth was. Um, So, yeah, I just bring Desmond King in there, a young guy. to try to solidify that secondary there. Um, Buffalo is going to give – I'm going to go Trey Hendrickson to Buffalo. um, Somebody that – while he has only had one season of production, um, you know, I think he – Buffalo isn't besides pass rushing, and that's really all all Trey Hendrickson does is rush the pass. Um, and they have trips in the middle to try to shore up the run, and I'll and Ed Oliver up up there to all both try to shore up the run game a little bit. Um, but Milano and Hughes weren't necessarily getting it done, and we know as of now, obviously Milano is going to walk. So I think you bring in Hendrickson and just try to try to rush these you can because that's one of the most important part of any defense. Um, and then for Dallas, another defense in general was really bad, but especially their secondary. Uh, so this is where I'm going to have them drafting uh, the corner, sh- uh, Shaquille Griffin, out of Seattle. Um, yeah, their corner scenario is really bad this season. With you know, Shadobi Awuzie was injured, and Chadevi or sorry, not Chadevi, sorry Trayvon Diggs was injured as well at the time. They did not, you know, they had Byron Jones at the time, but Shaquille Griffin would be a great number two, and they obviously were going to have some inclination that they weren't going to be able to bring back Byron Jones on as big of a contract as he wanted. Um, so yeah, 25, Zach Cunningham to the Browns, 26, Desmond King to the Falcons, 27, Trey Hendrickson to the Bills, and 28, Shaquille Griffin for the Dallas
1: Cowboys. Cool. So, so as we come to the end of the draft here, yeah, the last four picks, I must, yeah, one thing I apologize. This has not been my best. Colden's, uh, redraft is, turned out very well. I, I like, I like most of mine. There definitely were just a, a few in there that, uh, but I could put a little bit more thought and, you know, looking back at it, it definitely kind of brings the thing down a little, but they... It's it's been a it, I I I felt better. That. that's no I have no excites no um at twenty nine I have the Browns okay the Browns took David Njoku and the Browns took T, then the and the Steelers took T J Watts. then the 49ers took Ruben Foster and then the Saints took Ram uh, Ryan so at twenty nine I haven't taken Zach Cunningham I, uh you already said that was gonna happen yeah they needed a linebacker and pass rush and you know that that works great there <laughs> um yeah I get yeah. it. Really, really' that kind of him. Is that, um, a really solid player that can that can add some some production. He, yeah, as I mentioned, a pro player. Just a solid guy that works great. So at thirty, <laughs> at the time the Steelers had Mike Mitchell starting, and that's you know I they really had Mike. That's awful. So I have them taking the guy who I wanted all along, Malik Hooker. Mm. I had him there. <laughs> um, yeah, I I think Malik Hooker is good, and although you have Marcus May and. Um, John-
0: Marcus Williams and John Johnson and Eddie Jackson and Buddha Baker and Jamal Adams.
1: Well, I, I have I have a lot of safeties. I have Marcus Williams, um, Eddie Jackson, Buddha Baker, and uh, Jamal Adams as well. But yeah, you know, just the two less guys there. That's that's fair though. <laughs> that's just a preference and a, and a big a big guy I like there just just randomly. Um, and at 31, I have the 49ers taking Jalen Brown. I think Jalen Brown has a lot of upside, although it's he's yet to really like come through completely. I feel like Jalen. Um, and i feel like it you know they they, they picked the linebacker once again that's a fit they want a fit that, uh, a player that to so you can get a player there that i think is maybe a little better i think Ruben Foster you know just just looking back i think i'd rather have Jalen Brown and then at 32 i was looking at this one this is another one i was looking at the stats the tight end with the most receiving yards on the saints team had 125 yards um mm. which is absolutely ugly so i think they take Evan Ingram the probable tight end although I, he definitely but he really didn't deserve it but <laughs> uh, he did, he was at the Pro Bowl tight end, and um, he's been solid, although he's had some drops in his career. he's He's been okay. And then, you know, you know they really need a tight end. They, they released uh, Derek Cook, didn't they? I don't know if we mentioned Um,
0: that I before. don't know if they did officially yet.
1: Okay. Well, they, they were there. Okay. Well, then. They
0: probably will, but.
1: Yeah. Either way, that's <laughs> that's uh that's the redraft there for me. So, from 29 to 32, I had the Browns taking Zach Cunningham, the Steelers taking Millie Cooker, the 49ers taking Jalen Brown, and the Saints Evan Ingram.
0: Uh, yeah, I like so for all this talk about me and uh with with Malik That's Hooker as you know every you episode know this hell hell has to true? go off. But all the all this talk about me and Malik Hooker and my, my disrespect, I took him higher than you did. Twenty nine oh. Malik Hooker to Cleveland. Um, we know we know Cleveland's got all those safety issues. Uh, they get the best safety on the board left, Malik Hooker. Pittsburgh goes running back here. Um, they don't get James Conner in the draft because there's a better running back available, a star running back. Dalvin Cook is on the board, and the Pittsburgh Steelers select Dalvin Cook out of Florida State. Beastly running back, one of the top five in the league. Um, San Francisco goes wide receiver here. Corey Davis um, for me. Um, you know, he, Corey Davis had a really rough couple, first couple of years. And then this season he exploded for, if he didn't, you know, if he didn't have to miss a game because of, I don't remember if his injury or, you know, safety protocols or what, but he would have eclipsed a thousand yards, um, at a really, really productive season and just really broke out this year. And you add New Orleans taking Evan Ingram. I have the exact same pick, um, Evan Ingram to New Orleans. They didn't have a, they did not have a good tight end whatsoever. I believe at the time it was Benjamin Watson, if I'm not mistaken, but having him is obviously a big upgrade. So, yeah, um, yeah. Over that, that there's the there's the mock draft are uh, on one of the most talented rookie classes that I've seen. Probably the most talented I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, I I was really hoping to fit Corey Davis and Aaron Jones in here, but I just didn't. I just couldn't really bring myself to to do that. There. Um, this definitely was. I know. I I was really excited for this, and I I really didn't do. Do a great job, sadly, you know, but it is what it is. And I I do think I have some solid reasoning, and it worked out. It works out okay. So, Mm -hmm. um, my full 2017 redraft the Browns take Patrick Mahomes, number one. The Bears take Deshaun Watson, number two. The 49ers take TJ Watt, number three. The Jaguars take George Kittle, number four. The Titans take Miles Garrett, number five. The Jets take Mosh and number six. The Chargers take Ryan Ramchek number seven. The Panthers take Tredavious White, number eight. The Bengals take Christian McCaffrey, number nine. The Chiefs take Chris Godwin, number 10. The Saints take Alvin Kamara, number 11. The Houston Texans take Jamal Adams, number 12. The Cardinals take Merlin Humphrey, number 13. The Eagles take Juju Smith-Schuster, number 14. The Colts take Buda Baker, number 15. The Ravens take Ale- uh, Dalvin Cook, number 16. The Washington team at the time <laughs> picks Derek Barnett, number 17. Uh, the Tennessee Titans take Adore Jackson, the same exact pick as they did before, 18. The Buccaneers take Kareem Hunt, 19. The Broncos take Mitch Trubisky, at 20. The Lions take Shaquille Griffin, at 21. The Dolphins take Carl Lawson, 22. The Giants take Eddie Jackson, 23. The Raiders take Cooper Cup at 24. The Browns take Kenny Galladay, number 25. The Falcons take Marcus Williams, 26. The Bills take Deion Dawson, 27. The Cowboys take Curtis Samuel, 28. The Browns take David Njoku. Uh, um, That's not right. The Browns take Zach Cunningham, 29. The Steelers take Malik Hooker at 30, the San Francisco 49ers select Jalen Brown at 31, and last but not least, the Saints pick Evan Ingram at 32.
0: Good, good. So from 1 to 32 for me, uh, we got Patrick Mahomes, er, yeah, Deshaun Watson, TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, George Kittle, Chadavius White, Jamal Adams, Christian McCaffrey, Ryan Ramchick, Marlon Humphrey, Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, Eddie Jackson, Marshawn Lattimore, Juju Smith-Schuster, Buddha Baker, Jonathan Allen, Garrett Bowles, Marcus May, Cooper Cup, Mike Williams, Alvin Kamara, John Johnson, Marcus Williams, Zach Cunningham, uh, Desmond King, Trey Hendrickson, Shaquille Griffin, Malik Hooker, Dalvin Cook, Corey Davis, and Evan Ingram. So, yeah, I, I, I there's a good mock draft. I, I, Or not mock draft, but redraft. I, I've enjoyed these past couple redrafts and just thinking about it. It's interesting to, like, look at a draft and just see how many, like, quality players across the league, you know, were, like, coming from the same thing. And I always think it's interesting to, like, look at, the like top like positional rankings like you, you see near like bucky brooks guys like that will come out with their like top five positional rankings per position before like after the combine and like right before the draft and it's interesting to me to like look back on that and see where they were projected
1: based on like other careers turning out I know it. It does make me laugh every time I see, kind of, like people really thought that Taco Charlton was gonna be better than T.J. Watt, and even at the time, like I, I you know everyone was always like, yeah, like yeah, Taco Charlton and like Hassan Reddick and Tack McKinley were all ranked above T.J. Watt. Yeah, I it's it's kind of it's humorous looking back. It always makes me think like why, like where along the line are people wrong, and I like. How like how does how do players drop so far? <laughs> and, and um and but you know, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, and the
0: thing that Mitch Trubisky that really was, was right. the number one ranked quarterback in this class over Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. as well. Like the running back, Fournette was the highest rated, and then McCaffrey, and then so and then there was somebody and then Dalvin Cook and then Alvin Kamara. And obviously that player did not end up as good as Cook or Kamara. I was. I'm proud. That's one. That's one of my favorite takes. At the time, I said I did. I said, and it was a bold take at the time. I said that McCaffrey would end up being significantly better than Leonard Fournette, and I was correct on that. That is. And that's that one, is one of my. That's one of my favorite takes that I've ever made because I was not that educated at football at the time. Um, just from the little knowledge I had about college and the two players and the systems they were going into, I made an educated guess and it ended up right. I appreciated that.
1: Well, 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 well played. <laughs> Great job.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Very proud to be here.
1: <sighs> yep. Yeah, this, this was fun. This was fun. I, I do like the redrafts. I like the redrafts. I think it's really fun to look back and look back in the, at the teams. I think, um, I like, I don't I, especially like this, like before it makes a lot of sense, you know, it's just the redraft of last year's draft. But 2017, are we like redrafting to the teams like of today or like the teams of 2017? So I feel like, I did mostly the teams of 2017 with like some foresight of the future, and you um, did a little bit more like drafting them to today's team, which mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. That's like it's fair. It makes it a little bit different, gives from some variety. Unlike me saying 32 names and teams in a row, definitely just sounds like I said the same thing 32 over again. So <laughs> gotta
0: do what you gotta do. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta do it. what
1: you gotta do. You gotta do. But yep.
0: um, yeah. So there, there you
1: have our our uh, 2017
0: redraft there. We'll be with you on Tuesday, for sure, with our analysis of the AFC South season for the Texans, Colts, Titans, and the Jaguars. Um, And it's the the end of the week episode, so before we hop off, if you don't have any closing thoughts, you must end it the the classic
1: way. Of course, of course. I hope this Colton and Josh episode act as the most perfect segue to the most awesome week of your life, although the yes. is not, although the where, like the weather is is a little bit chilly out, you know, don't let the cold affect you in a negative manner. Uh, go out no. and have fun. It's yes, true. sir.
0: I agree. I agree. I second everything that he just said, and we ended off the classic way from us here at the Korn and Joe Show. We are peace and.